0: You are now entering the Pandemic Podcast.
1: Do you think everybody has trauma?
0: I would say yes.
1: If you were born on this planet if
0: you're I mean I feel like being born on even even if your trauma just is being born on this planet Trauma is coming to the surface and like our generation, our ex generation is so aware of our trauma and everyone is saying, oh, I have it. But, maybe we really had to be woken up to our trauma as a human race to ascend, like we had to recognize that, oh, this is going on. am I being clear? I don't hundred percent okay so i think I think that is part of our job here is to experience this trauma and wake up from whatever that is that we were asleep to
1: and did you just recently wake up to your trauma? Yes. Can you talk about that?
0: Um, I can try. I don't always feel unclear about it. So you and I started working together because I would... Really what it was was that I had to go in for another surgery, for surgeries that haven't worked in the past. So I had a lot of fear going yeah. around that. And so that's why I, really, I wanted to just be kind of centered. You had worked with my niece, and it really had helped her <clears throat> in the moments that you worked with her. So...
1: And when you say I worked with her, that I did intuitive work. Intuitive work, I'm healing sorry. Yes, work. To be okay. clear
0: about that. Um, you basically just talk and ask questions, yeah. and you intuitively know what to ask that brings up whatever meets the whatever, blocks. Yes, thank whatever's, you. whatever's... You're very good at talking about it. I'm not so good. No, you're great. I'm doing okay. great. Um, so, I wanted to work with you because I was scared about the surgery. And really, we barely talked about that. And what came up more, I think because you were getting to know me and knew where to kind of point where we needed to look at, that all the stuff that I didn't think was trauma actually was trauma. Like, I can look at my life, and I had a micro preemie that could have died and spent a lot of time in the hospital before she came home. That, to me, is trauma.
1: That's 100% trauma.
0: I, I almost died when I got very sick four years ago that to me is trauma but those happened when i was 37 and 42 or 43 i can't even remember so that seemed like late in life trauma but when you started talking to me i realized that the way that i grew up was traumatizing um and that even though my parents gave us tons of love that they didn't give us a lot of stability. And that stability for me was my trauma. The, and retrospectively, that that instability is neglect. I'm putting these words together now yeah, in a way that right. I'm not yeah, yeah. having Like before. that poverty
1: consciousness was given to you? Yes. And that's traumatic to live in a world where your parents are afraid, right? Is that yeah. what you're kind of yeah. discovering? Yeah, and, and
0: just that... They, they, and I know we've had this conversation, but they, I believe, and I don't know, I've never asked them, and maybe I will, they're old now, and my mom has dementia, and I don't know if it really even matters, but I really think they believe because they were there, because they loved us, that that was really all we needed, and all that other stuff was just frivolous, and now I can view it With hindsight, and in the experience of having my own daughter, that your presence and love is not just that; is not enough. You need structure. You need. um, I should clarify that their physical presence and love was not enough. So they weren't present in their in their attention. Hardly ever.
1: Because presence is what you need.
0: Presence. Presence is yeah, the like, thing like, that we talk. Like attention presence. Like your yeah, like focus is on right. me. That kind of presence.
1: And I'm aware if your moods change, if you need emotional support, I can see where a uh, step ahead. That's being present as a parent, right? As like, a
0: present. And, and, and this just came to me talking to my sister yesterday. We realized that we are all, my whole family is codependent. But it must have something to do because they weren't attention on us. We learned instead to intention on them. So if they had a bad day, we were always just trying not to be another thing to add to it somehow. They didn't beat us. They weren't physically or mentally or even... I'm going to take back mentally. They weren't physically or emotionally abusive. Mentally, I don't think they knew that that might have been abuse.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So they were living in their own confusion, and their own trauma. Yes. And you guys were just saying, like, if we be good, if we don't cause problems, because they already have enough problems.
0: They already have enough problems. I don't need to add to
1: it. I don't need to add to it. So I'll be a good girl. I'll be a good boy. And then that turn, turns into codependency, right?
0: Yeah. And then I guess, I mean, I have one sibling who left when they were in seventh grade to go to private school and never came, and came home. So I'm wondering if that sibling... Um, just as avoidant and then I have this other sibling I have lots of siblings I have five I mean four of us there's five of us I have four siblings and another sibling fought against it if there were any rules this person would fight against it so like I don't know what like aggressively codependent. I don't know what I don't know it's I, I I guess I can't really know for them. But as I talk to my siblings about my own experience and trauma, their stuff comes in. And I can't help but try to figure out why they might be this way and I'm this way. Or.
1: Is that helpful for you to look at your family through that lens now? To look back and say, oh, is there trauma and was trauma something that was given to us? And are we all... Expressing from the same trauma,
0: yeah I think i I think it's helpful in the sense that I feel connected, and connection is helpful for me i and I don't feel like I'm just a crazy person, like why right. or I don't have to I don't often go into this, but I have why me why does this why did this happen to me makes yeah. me want to cry,
1: yeah, that's good. go more into that, why me, why. Why do you have surgery?
0: So my kidneys failed a couple of years ago. Um, quite, Um We knew eventually it was going to happen because I've had endocrine issues since I was hit puberty, basically. But it went from like one day I was feeling okay and the next day I was like in a medically induced coma. Well, not quite that fast. I had a week of like thought I had the flu. Um. And so since then, I've had to be on dialysis. I was in the hospital for uh, two and a half months, I think. My daughter, who was with me in New York, had to be go live with her father in Texas in a not very stable situation. So every, I, I'm in kidney failure now. So since then, I've been a dialysis patient. Um, and they, I, right now, I have what's called a permacath, which is this catheter that has a tube that goes directly into my heart, so they can pull out the blood and put the blood back in yeah. as the machine cleans it. And then ultimately, I want to get a kidney transplant because that's how I can stop not stop being a dialysis patient. So do you think that, that
1: physical stuff is all has to do with trauma?
0: I don't know. I. Um, no one else in my family has this, so I don't know if it's just i i i've never really i guess I've never questioned it in that way
1: yeah. what's it giving you like you have something that
0: well i've definitely helped me recognize that being sick gives me i'm gonna put sick in quotes being sick gives me some sort of like well, it gives me a poor me a poor, poor me, me. A poor can, me. can you like can you help me without me asking for anything oh that's good because I'm not good at asking things and now after you and I have created our friendship I've learned to ask for things that so I don't need my sickness to do that for me
1: so you've changed your attitude
0: absolutely and
1: what's come to you like a peace. manager of your of your business or, yeah or like well, anything will, you well, ask, again,
0: for. Anything I ask for and, and even we were talking before about like how we want to what we wanted to talk about today and I realized like the pandemic has brought a lot of people's trauma to the surface for them because I think they've had the quiet. Somehow I was able to just be right above it. So about six months ago I started it. I feel less triggered in the pandemic than I did last year at this time. Like, I, I think because of the quiet, I can sit with my trauma and process it Yeah. in a way that I had no space to before. Before it just felt like a shitty mood or... A bad day or something like that so <clears throat> I know a lot of people and I have so much empathy for the people that are just realizing because it's a hard thing to come to and it's ever exposing itself to me but um I have peace in my trauma right now I'm not fighting it
1: so there are people who are having this kind of
0: what is I I did it
1: <laughs> there are you need a break
0: no I'm good there are
1: people in this time who are experiencing trauma and are, um, like you said, are dealing with it and, and on top of it or ahead of it or have been in therapy and there are some people who are having the dark night of the soul right yes. now. Yes,
0: and they're afraid and all yeah. they want is it to go back to the normal. And I, I just to add one thing that just came to me is that I've spent 20-plus years in and out of therapy and in the past six months have done more therapeutic Growth than I did in those 20 plus years
1: and do you think that has something to do with what's going on on the planet? I
0: think yes and and meeting the right people for the right time I mean I guess it comes down to like for me everything does happen when it's supposed to which it couldn't have happened before I didn't have the right support system or the right mindset or whatever it is and I know that goes back to my like eternally positive perspective um but it couldn't have happened before. I wasn't ready for it. I don't know. I, I could sit around and be like, well, why didn't this happen when I was 20? And I could have been happy for 20 years instead of, like, suffering on and on. You know what I mean? But I didn't. So now, it- now I can do it for the rest of my life instead of I can look forward. I don't have to look back because we cannot change anything from the past.
1: And now there's people who may need your wisdom Right. Right. Everybody now is going through some sort of trauma, even if the trauma is having to stay home. Yes. Or losing the whole business that you created. Yes. Like there's so many people that it's just their lives have changed in a moment. Yep. Being home with their kids, you know, realizing their spouse is not who they thought they were, or, you know, like a magnifying lens has been put on our trauma during this time, right?
0: Absolutely. That's a really good way to put it.
1: And so if you were ready for that, it can be not a good thing, but it can be something you can, you can handle, like you said. Yes. If you're not ready for it, what happens to it's you? More down it's more trauma. Face down in your trauma. It's more I mean, trauma, it's yeah. Your
0: trauma, you're traumatized by your trauma rather than being in a situation where you can um, reflect or you can have you know even empathy for yourself. Because tra- if you can't, I have empathy for my little girl self.
1: That's right. For your little girl self. And that's kind of what's coming up, right? Yeah. People's inner child, the work that they haven't done would be the inner child. Yeah. If the inner child was fearful in a house where people were afraid of money or just bickering or checking out with drugs, whatever that is, the inner child was affected. grew up in a small town in the south um
0: was it like a was it as small as french town yeah so you so we had similar upbringing that way i grew up in french town in the 70s and 80s
1: yeah you grew up in french town french town's a small town but you have like nature in the river oh you didn't. so you could be i didn't i grew up in uh it was like a it was like a a rest stop off interstate 10 in kenner louisiana where it was like track homes and fast gotcha. food.
0: Gotcha, okay.
1: So like suburbia, there's yeah. a movie called Suburbia. Yeah, Where they was... hang out behind the Circle K. <laughs> that was- That him. was my life.
0: Okay, I gotcha. Um, so no, not the same.
1: <laughs> not the same, and we were, and, and, and race was mixed and was a big deal. I couldn't go over three streets because it was all black. Gotcha. And so if I wanted to go to my friend's house who lived five blocks away, there was a certain area i had to go through where the, I, there was a possibility i would be physically hurt i would definitely have my all my stuff stolen from me many times walking through and it wasn't because they were black it was because we were literally divided in my neighborhood
0: that's fucking wild from
1: one street to the next was like white people live here black people live here and then we were talking because you know they're talking about building a skate park here in town. Yeah. So I'm like having a meeting about that today. And I was telling them last night, I was like, it's funny, when I started skateboarding, I then could go past those streets Oh. because really? they gave me res- some reason I had respect as a wild. white boy skateboarding than just as a white boy riding my new 10 speed through the neighborhood. That's wild. Yeah. So it changes a little bit of, of the perspective. That when I found my and I was and skateboarding was the thing that gave me self-esteem, you know. I literally I was neglected. My family was I was my mother left me with my father who was mentally ill. Um, he did his best, but he wasn't around because he worked all the time. Right. He he left at five thirty in the morning and he got home Jesus. at five. Yeah. So from five to eight or something like that. Literally, he'd be sleeping in the. Lounge chair, you know, the the easy whatever lazy boy. boy, yeah, yeah, um, and he was also mentally ill, bipolar and stuff like that. So I was left just to do whatever I wanted. Basically, I was kind of like neglected. And um once I started skateboarding, it gave me a tribe, but it also gave me self esteem and confidence that I would teach myself things on this board. That I would get better at every day, right? That's so I, sweet. Right? I had my own kind of uh, self-esteem gym inside of me. But I also got respect because it was something maybe rebellious. I don't know what, what well, skateboarding... Well, I, I, th-
0: I, think, I think you're right. I mean, it w- it was uh, counterculture. So counterculture. Like, yeah, that's so, right. It so had like, that. So it was like... If you decided to be a football player, that would be like, oh, I'm just an all-American boy. I get respect for being a football player. But skateboarding is kind of like, fuck you. Exactly. It's a little bit
1: of F you to the man.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so so I got
1: some street cred with that. Yes. But I, you know, we had no money growing up. Uh, Once my mother did come back into my life, uh, we lived off of welfare. We got food stamps. I remember going to the, you know, in my, like, my daughter right now is 11, 12. When I was 11, 12, I remember going to the grocery store and having to walk away as she would spend the food stamps because I was so embarrassed. embarrassed that she had to pull out these like paper dollar things. Um, so I just remember having shame around like money, you know, yeah. and And while I could get things, you know, my mother was a bartender, so cash was accessible. Right. So I could get a new skateboard when I wanted. I could get shoes. But, like, the front door, because my brother one day, or I don't know who, kicked it in out in rage, because it was always rage. Right. right? Um, It didn't even close for six months. The door would just be flying open, and the gutters were falling off the house, you know? Like, it just was... It felt like we lived in poverty.
0: Well, you did because I mean, I—that is poverty thinking. Like, oh, let my get let me get my kid a new skateboard because that feels good in this moment. In the moment. And rather than save three skateboards worth of stuff to get the door fixed, because it's that weird. I think it has something to do with capitalism. Things make you feel good. Yes. And so. What I'm hoping for us all as a human race to start to feel is it's not things, but like um, that the feelings are more important. I don't know. No, I don't know well, how it to makes say me
1: it. feel good when I go to Walmart and I walk around and I purchase a few things. I that know, consuming is almost weird, like a though. drug. It's a
0: total drug. It's a
1: drug, and it so was what, given to what me. What
0: can we replace that with? Like, wh- what feels equally as good, but isn't. So drug, I don't know, love, openness, recognizing our trauma,
1: helping other people,
0: helping other people,
1: helping other people yeah. is the oh drug. Oh my God.
0: That feels so good.
1: Yeah. That's the. And so
0: I'm sorry. I keep talking over you today.
1: No, it's okay. The
0: thoughts are just coming.
1: <laughs> let them come.
0: Um, again, it's balanced because a codependent an anxious codependent just with the help, help, help. Let me help you. Let me help you. But when it's like. I'm in a good place, let me help you now. It's such a good invigorating feeling.
1: And codependency is good to come back to because that's a, that's a, a trauma-based reaction to things. Yes. So are we codependent in every relationship? When, we have, when we're raised with trauma, we become codependent. Meaning if, if, so, if our parents' emotional needs were not met, then we tried to meet those needs or we tried to be as good as we possibly could. We guessed about
0: how to meet those needs.
1: We constantly played a mental game to figure out and guess what they might need in that moment so that that bad mood doesn't continue or you're not the blunt, you know, the... The
0: brunt of the... yeah, Yeah, you're
1: not getting that trauma put on you, so you try to just be invisible or you try to be... You know, there are people like Robin Williams who talked about his mother, you know, being depressed, and he would try to be funny to make her laugh mm-hmm. so she could be happy. So we really wanted our parents to be happy and they just weren't happy. They were madmen, they were drinking. You know, my mother worked at a bar. So she she worked at the well of right. her addiction. And so always drunk, always in violence. Um I ne- never present, couldn't be present because she was always a hanging hungover or
0: drunk, Being drunk. Being yeah drunk, yeah
1: so of course you're not gonna stop you're not gonna take three skateboard purchases and fix the door right you're totally living through alcoholism which to me is the worst thing that's ever happened is making alcohol so accessible and making alcohol something that everybody just kind of like expects if you go to a house view anywhere you go alcohol is just served and alcohol is the thing that created so much trauma in my life.
0: It's crazy, really.
1: And the liquor stores never closed during this pandemic. No. They made sure there And they open.
0: made, I mean, everything was about, oh, how much are you drinking? I mean, they make jokes about it. It's like, we've been tricked into alcohol, too, though, because... Yes we've been tricked into oh you'll just relax just have a glass of wine you'll feel so much better and really it's down a road it just shuts you, it numbs you that's not feeling better
1: it lowers that, your vibration it,
0: and it numbs you out to your yeah. actual thoughts and feelings that's right. so you're not actually able to process a good or bad or traumatic thought you just nah whatever yeah. and then and then maybe if you're when you get too bad you get angry well, the, you, it yeah. bubbles up out of you. You can't, you can't stop your feelings. It's they're always there. You you think you're numbing them out and you're quieting them, but at some point they come out. Whether it's explosive anger, anger or like crying for days and days. You know, like it always comes out.
1: But it's unconscious when it comes yeah. through alcohol or drugs. Yes. Then your unconscious emotions come out instead of processing them. And we're talking about vibration, like alcohol is the lowest vibration. It literally is like you can right. light it on fire. Right. So you put it in your body, you wake up the next day, your body feels bad. Your body's like, you should not be putting that. Don't in your do
0: that body. again. Don't do that
1: again, but we just do it again and again and again because we're unconscious. Now, when you stop that or you become aware of that, you put that down, your vibration starts to rise. When your vibration starts to rise, what shows Is what doesn't serve you anymore,
0: right? What shows are the things that are out of your trauma, that are out of sync or out that aren't really supposed to be there? So your trauma does come up. It's like, yeah, absolutely. It
1: magnifies why you were drinking or why you were doing drugs or or shopping or whatever it is. And that's why it's
0: so important not to then go back to the drinking or the drugs or whatever it is that you're shutting down, but to look at it and really do the work, however that is, whether, and, and I think I really believe that that's talking, talking to people, yeah, even if they don't understand, just talking, talk well, it out. Well, that teacher
1: that I was talking to yesterday said that there is something that they were starting in schools, or maybe it's been for a few years, called, um, like training called, I think, trauma-informed, so that when the children came in, if they were acting up, you wouldn't say,
0: Oh, stop acting Look like how that. bad
1: that kid right. is. You would say, what happened to that child? Beautiful. Right? That's,
0: that's exactly it.
1: That's the perspective that we have to have moving forward with adults and children. Right. When people act out, we want to just shut them away, lock them in a cage. Nobody says what happened to that. Because nobody just acts out who had a happy childhood.
0: Exactly.
1: So it's kind of like, it, it, it does make sense. Trauma-based childhoods lead to unhappy adults. And unhappy adults usually turn towards addiction. So addiction is based in childhood trauma. Yeah. And that's something to talk about. And that's, last night, you know... And, I'm going to
0: write that down, actually, for another...
1: People, people want to talk about their trauma. They don't want to talk about their fears as much they't no. They don't want to move through fears because they have to face themselves. like I was having a conversation yesterday and, and saying, I'm not going back to the old world. I'm not going to paint houses. I'm not going to abuse my body for money. I'll paint your house because you need it and you're my friend or you don't you know like or we're building a project together and if there's a painter needed, I'll show up in a minute. And work for free if it's a community thing or something like that.
0: Or if it's or work for paying if it's the right,
1: yeah, if it feels good.
0: Just like I need my house painted because I want to change my color. Like doesn't have any purpose. What I'm hearing is you don't want to do things that don't have purpose.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not going to do things that don't have purpose, and I. And I don't have to. Right now, you don't have to You don't
0: have to. And we're going to a world where you don't have to. Because the purpose will create all... Everything will be taken care of in that purpose.
1: That's right. And trusting that everything will be taken care of is hard when you have trauma.
0: Because there's so much fear.
1: There's so much fear. Because
0: we lived where nothing was taken care of.
1: That's right. And fear feeds trauma.
0: Yes. Trauma loves fear. Trauma
1: mm-hmm. loves it. It's, it's, trauma, it's fuel.
0: It's, it is their fuel.
1: So if you can discover your fear, you can, you can f- figure out what's feeding your trauma. Oh. And for me, um, this pandemic is really interesting because my trauma is around my mother. So my mother kind of abandoned me when I was three, left me with my father, when it worked in a, a a bar situation, became a bartender and kind of lost her connection to her kids. Later on, in my like preteens, and over time, I would stay with her on the weekends, and, and just not really connected to my mother at all. She just was alcohol induced all the time. Um, then at a certain point, somebody had slipped her PCP, a roofie or something. Oh shit. And, I was staying with her the weekend, she came home, she was always physical, always destroying the house, but never directed at us, and I guess being on this drug, um, I got caught up in it, and she basically tried to strangle me to death. So she tried to kill me while being high on PCP, um, was really strong, and came close to doing it. So now in my adult life, I have a lot of fear around uh, relationships, romantic relationships bring up that either you're going to abandon me or you're going to try to kill me because that's what my mother did to me. That's the only
0: thing you knew as a child. That's
1: all I knew. When
0: they were imprinting your brain was what to expect out of people.
1: Right? The nurturer was actually doing the opposite. She was neglecting. She was abusing. She was being overly sexual when I was right there in the house. Um, Mean, abusive boyfriends her whole life. Mm -hmm. Dating a lot of married men. A lot of you know wives coming over and fist fighting in the lawn like that was my whole life is always violence and always trauma just everybody just just gripped in their trauma and just living unconsciously through it Mm. and then i was a sensitive little boy who was taking it all in so the pandemic comes i get into a relationship right before Mm -hmm. in the pandemic i'm literally quarantined with this new romantic relationship In this new romantic relationship I'm dealing with all of my trauma around my mother I get afraid I get jealous I get all of these things but thank God I have the tools like you talked about the 10 years of healing was about me trying to heal my heart so I could be open to a relationship because when I had trauma around my heart I would push any relationship away because as soon as intimacy came into the picture I would run because it felt so bad, right. right? If my heart opened up to you, then you're gonna leave me, or you're gonna try to hurt me. Right. So the only thing I wanna do is open my heart, but if I open my heart, all those fears come up. So I'm just bringing that up so that I can kinda talk about the trauma that I'm working through right now is relationships. And the way I'm working through that was discovering you know, our, the podcast Sobers that we listened to with Jessa Reed, talked about attachment styles in the book attached so I read that book as I'm getting into this new relationship my partner also read the book with me which is very helpful to have a person who you don't have a relationship with in trauma which is you know it's very hard to change a relationship once it's been created through trauma bonding and all of that I was really lucky to get into a new relationship with a person who is secure and I'm an anxious, attached person. So obviously I'm anxious because my mother left me and then my mother tried to physically <laughs> harm me. Right. So I'm anxious when anything comes around opening my heart. Some people are avoidant. They had a father or mother who wasn't there. So they learn when intimacy comes up, I'm just going to... Go
0: away. Go away. Yeah.
1: Or find fault in people. Like, yeah. oh, this person's to this or that. That's, a, that's an avoidant thing. Um, and then there are secure people who just don't have trauma around relationships they might have trauma around money eating physical whatever it is you know so and i suffer a lot with um wanting to run and i can't i can't run from these feelings because this is all i have i'm literally quarantined with my feelings
0: you are quarantined with your feelings i right and so that's what the pandemic has given you is
1: a chance to heal my heart
0: a chance to heal your heart
1: and that's what the pandemic podcast is about somebody you know you tell people the name and they're like oh that you should it shouldn't be that it should be this and it's like right now this is what's happening right there's a pandemic we're talking about things in in the pandemic that are coming up for people
0: right so and for the most part that's trauma
1: that's trauma and after the pandemic whatever that is if it's a new world? Well, we'll do the New World Podcast.
0: Absolutely. We yes. change,
1: you know? like Because
0: new... we are. That's who we are. You're absolutely, you're, I, I keep feeling like I'm stealing your words today, but yes, we change. Humans change. That's, that's our greatest gift that we are adaptable to anything. That's right. And so let's use that for good and not bad.
1: That's true. I, I never really thought about that. We do. We, we have the ability to change Yes. in a moment,
0: in a moment.
1: You know other species like nature and animals and stuff like that they always do the same thing yeah they keep repeating the pattern they yep. are in presence and all and they can and we can use them as a tool but they don't really have this extra le- layer of transforming consciousness
0: exactly
1: right uh, a tree is a tree and it's a good it's good at being a tree and it's always a tree and it's always present as a tree but a human being can go from being a racist To someone who's changed their mind, or 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 a a, a distracted parent to a present parent, yes, that can happen in a moment. Yep. Someone who was asleep to their trauma, who's now awake to their trauma,
0: and it does happen, and it does happen in a moment. Because in the grand scheme of things, our lifetime is a moment, like. So even if it takes you four years to really fully, like for me, 46 years to fully awaken to my trauma, that's really just a moment.
1: It is. And everything happens in the moment, in the now.
0: Because there's only now. (laughs)
1: Because there's only now. Yeah. And that's something to really talk about because you can get, you can start sounding woo-woo to say, you know, oh, it's in the now, it's in the now. But everyone right now is being forced into the now because they can't go to the movies, they can't, I mean, the little bit's opening up now, but you can't really go consume, there's not a lot of gathering, there's not a lot of meeting, which is driving some people crazy, but it's also forcing people to be in the now. Um, so,
0: we need to wrap up, because yes. i got to go to work.
1: <laughs> All right, so this is the Pandemic Podcast.
0: I'm Johanna. I'm Dustin. And I'm glad we did this, because uh, it's nice to share.
1: And it's nice to talk about trauma. So this will be our first episode about trauma. And we'll continue to talk about trauma in the pandemic moving forward. So until next time.
0: We'll see you. See (laughs) you.